This episode is brought to you by ThinkNear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 224, recording this live Friday afternoon. That's March 6, 2015. My name, Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. With me, as usual, the Lord of Location, the patron saint of place, Mr. Asif Khan. Don't make these things up. It's all you, okay? I'm too humble for that. No, I think you're the one who sends these to me by text, right? It's 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 patron saint of place, Woodbridge. Get it right. Anyhow, Asif Khan uh, of the Location-Based Marketing Association. Yes. Welcome, welcome, Asif. Man, this is uh, like, you must be in the crunch time right now because Retail Loco is like is right around the corner. It's a week from tomorrow. It's crazy. Yeah. No, so we're we're Sunday. we're getting it's pumped crazy. up for that. Exciting. Uh, uh, you know, the agenda is pretty locked down now. A few little uh, bits and pieces moving around. We just added uh, a, a, a fireside chat with uh, Alan uh, Wiseman, who's VP of Products over at Target uh, Stores. So that'll be interesting. Um, you know, maybe I can even ask him about Canada. I don't know. I don't know if that's appropriate or not. But uh, yeah. So uh, anyhow, so so that, that that that's pretty cool. Um, and um, yeah, pretty full agenda. Just go to retaillo.co, retaillo.co, and you can see it all there. Uh, and it's going to be a packed house. We're just about sold out now. So um, if you want a ticket, you better go check it out. If you want a ticket, go right. Oh, ahead. and by the way, it, that that is March Sunday, March the fifteenth. Yes. In Austin at South by Southwest. That, man, I cannot believe it is happening so soon. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, just around the corner. And uh, if only somebody could find Rob a hotel room, you know, all would be well. Please. I know Alex tried so hard. Alex, if you're listening to this, I really appreciate it, but I couldn't stay the whole week. It would be the end of my relationship. Absolutely, positively the end of my relationship. But I will find a place. Don't worry. If not, I will be on a park bench in a safe park. There you go. Right? I can do that. Okay. It, but it saves on so much. Like, I don't have to bring luggage with me because I can just sleep in my clothes. I don't need a blanket or anything like that. I just need newspapers. It's warm there. It's like 20 degrees. It's minus 20 here. So, you know what? I, I don't need much. Just a just a park bench in a safe neighborhood. There you go. And, and some barbecue. And some barbecue. You know, I wonder what they would charge for a park bench because I've actually gone to Airbnb, Asif, and I've looked up Airbnb places. And you know what? There's like, hey, dude, we have, we have like a couch. And it's $400 a night. Yeah. A couch. I know. It's crazy. I said, well, look, do I get to take the couch home with me? (laughs) Do I buy the couch? Is it a new couch? Anyway. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's some some change under the cushions, though. I don't even want to know. know, Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to sleep on somebody's couch (laughs) at 40. But I did see one where they actually allow me to to sleep in in their... their, uh, in their Prius or something like that. They've turned their Prius into a uh, an Airbnb. Yeah. See, people are getting creative. Innovative people, but they say I have to be out by eight because the guy's got to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I'm 
like, um, and he would only charge me $240 a night to sleep in his car. But wow. then I have to be gone so that he can drive, or I'm going to work with him. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's nice. Innovation, right? You, you can't knock it. I love, yeah. I love the fact that people are like that. So, so aside from uh, Retail Loco, RetailLow.co, what else is going on? Is there anything else going on in your world? Oh, there's always stuff going on, man. It's, uh, it's. I mean, we just announced a new LBMA Dallas uh, chapter meetup on the 24th. Uh, that's in partnership with BIA Kelsey's uh, big national conference. Uh, so kicking that off uh, the night before with them. Uh, I mean, there's plenty going on. You can just go to the events page uh, at the LBMA website, and you'll see a long list of things uh, that are happening, including uh, we haven't we haven't put, posted it on the site yet. So it's just breaking on this show right now. Breaking news. Our newest chapter just got finalized um, uh, last night, actually. So we are officially launching now in uh, Hong Kong, uh, and that is uh, just around the corner. Uh, I believe uh, we are doing that on. Uh, hold on one sec. Let me just make sure I'm giving you the right uh, the right date here. But it it, it will be on uh, Wednesday, May the thirteenth. Wednesday, so. May thirteenth, yeah. Hong Kong. Are you going to be Hong there? Kong. I'm going. Yeah, I'll be there. I tell so. you, Asif, you've got to start inviting people that you know along with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But May is fine because it's starting to get warm. You cannot convince me to leave the city in May, but you could have convinced me to leave the city January, February, or March. Yeah. When you did, because I'm going to going to Austin. So There you go. So anyone out there in Hong Kong or in Asia that wants to come to Hong Kong, May the 13th, we'll be there launching a, the newest chapter of the LBMA. May 13th. I should say that we're actually streaming this as live as it can be um, on Meerkat, which is this craze that is happening. Uh, basically, it is, it is right here. And I'll pull it over here because we've got, we got four people watching, which is like a miracle. Uh, and this is what it looks like, if you can believe it. It's actually streaming live on Twitter. Like, well, it's on Twitter. Sort That's of. awesome. It's, it's an app. Um, but I, I don't know what the audio quality is like. So if anybody out there listening, like, yeah, you know, Ryan, if you're listening out there, can you hear Asif? And if so, um, if not, it's the best that I can do. We'll, we'll try to do a little bit better, but it's pretty cool. We're doing this live at the same time as we're recording this, so they get to see a little bit behind the scenes. I'm not even there sure if go. that's going to make it into the episode. That's what's cool about this. <laughs> we never know until we're done. We don't, and that's what's so cool. Um, so you get a little bit of the behind the scenes. So th this episode is jam-packed. Ten great stories. Uh, some really cool stories, if you ask me. Yeah. They're always cool. But uh, we've got 10 hey, great man, stories. I work hard on finding these things. Okay. Well, you know, I, I think that it's important that you do because uh, I don't do any of the work. So somebody has to work on this show, right? Yeah, but you do all the, all the post-production uh, you know, uh, stuff. I mean, I, I can't do any of that. So, you know. Yeah, we all, have our, we all have our spot behind the scenes. I have a face that is made for editing out, if you will. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's shall we jump into it? Well, we got a, ten stories, and then we've got uh, Chuck Martin, who's going to be talking about. Uh, we heard uh, last week about um, uh, we heard about Google acquiring the um, assets of Softcard, which used to be ISIS, which was a mobile payments company that was uh, put together consortium put together uh, around uh, by all the carriers. And uh, we've just heard this week that all of a sudden those guys are now actually Softcard is shutting down, which I thought mm. was a given because Google was going to integrate it into uh, Google Wallet. Um, but Chuck, who has, I think, one of the um, most amazing, he, he's our beta tester. He goes out and he tries these things. And he was trying back when it was called ISIS. He was trying it. He's been trying it for years. And and he kind of did a post-mortem on them. And I have a great clip of him talking about what happened, why it went wrong, and some lessons that people will learn from what happened with Softcard. 
And that is going to be, instead of a guess, we're going to just use that clip from, from Chuck. It's actually very good. It's, it's the most critical I've ever heard him be about something like mm. this. So that's, uh, he, he's going to be in here in lieu of a guest. We have, uh, so our 10 stories, we've got a couple of folks that we want to bring uh, your attention to that are uh, really, really instrumental in getting Retail Loco off the ground. And one of them is Adobe, right? Adobe. Yeah. Aren't they launching? They're doing the keynote, uh, the opening presentation at Retail Loco. They are indeed. They, yeah, the, the breakfast keynote, uh, which which will be really interesting. So it's uh, Adobe actually uh, in partnership with uh, one of their customers, Redbox, uh, are going to be doing that keynote. So yeah, yeah. Redbox. Eh? What? It, what? It, is, is it wrong of me to say like Redbox? I've seen them, but I have this thing called Netflix. Can I say that? I think that's okay. Okay, it's okay. Well, here, I don't think I don't think they'll complain too much. They're not. They they won't. Because they know about that thing called Netflix, right? Yeah. Digital distribution, all that kind of stuff. Uh, all right. Well, here we've got a good clip of uh, Adobe, who is a uh, one of the sponsors and participating in Retail Local. We'll come back right after this little message from Adobe. Peter, come take a look at this. Mr. Daniels. Mr. Daniels. Look at this. The numbers, they keep getting bigger and bigger. The clicks are off the charts. Yeah. Yoshi, it's Walter. We're back. Yes, sir! I... I need more trees. More trees? I'll get you more trees. Hey, take a look at Woodpulp. Whoa. Everything you got on Woodpulp right now. He really loves that thing. All right, that is Adobe. If you haven't bought your ticket yet for Retail Loco, go to retaillow.co, retaillow.co. Buy your ticket, show up. We will be there. They will be there. Can't wait to see you all in Austin. Sunny, warm Austin. Guaranteed. It's going to be sunny and warm. Let's hope. All right. All right. Asif, we got 10 stories, and today you get to go first. Kick I it do. off. All right. So, uh, Uber. It, we haven't talked about these guys for maybe three weeks or something now. Um, but uh, yeah, they're back in the news again, and this time a rather interesting uh, development. Uh, Uber has gone out and acquired uh, the mapping company, Decarta. Uh, and Decarta's company has been around uh, for a while now. Uh, one of the, the leaders in uh, mapping uh, data, local search, turn-by-turn -turn navigation data. So, you know, one of the key players in, in, the, in the mapping space. In fact, Google used Decarta uh, from 2005 to 2008 to, uh, you know, for all of their own maps, um, uh, which was really interesting. So, Decarta's uh, still, still a big player, currently uh, being used by GM's OnStar, Ford Sync, Samsung, Inrix, BlackBerry, tons of mobile operators rely on Decarta's mapping data. And now, all of that is owned by Uber. Um, so that's very, very interesting. Uh, the speculation here coming out of this is that uh, the initial application for, for Uber here is, is that uh, they will use this to improve their service around Uber Pool, which is their, uh, obviously, uh, Uber's carpooling service. Um, because in carpooling, obviously, you have to make multiple pickups. Uh, and, and time all that stuff together and so you need very very accurate mapping data to do that and they think that 
part of the Decarta uh, um, acquisition will will help make that uh, you know much more reliable service uh, and a much better uh, mapping experience and routing experience that, that can come out of that. So, so that's really interesting. And you know, I think um, for the most part, you know, Uber is starting to distance themselves from some of these other guys as well. Like they don't right at the moment they've used Apple or Google Maps uh, and and others uh, to supply their mapping data, but now they now they own their own. So. Let's see what that means uh, down the road and what they can do with it. Well, they're going to have to own the entire stack at some point, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're getting too powerful for everybody to be leveraging everybody else's stuff. So this is what happens, right? It's happened with Apple when they decided that they had to buy their own or build their own mapping system. It's going to happen with Uber as well. And my guess is what they would do is they would open that up for people to use anyways as an open API or SDK. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah, very cool. Good first story. Uber acquires Decarta. All right, our second story. This, hey, I will never turn down a free sub. You? Nope. Never. Never. If you want to give me a free sub, I'll take it every single time. And that is exactly what Subway is doing, at least a a, a beta test of Subway in uh, northern Ontario. This is actually, if you log into free Wi-Fi that is provided by Turnstile Solutions into their stores, if you're sitting in their stores and you log into free Wi-Fi, you will get a free six-inch sub. Now, I'm a... I'm a man, six inch sub doesn't really fill me up. But this is a, a pretty unique way to drive some kind of, I guess, way of capturing uh, your customer base. Now, typically what happens is you walk into a Subway store and you order and you remain nameless and faceless. You know, there's really no way to actually tie the purchase to the person, even though you're giving them the credit card. You know, there's there's no easy way to do that because the credit card information is not owned by them. It's owned by the credit card company and yourself. So here's a way for you to actually get identified, which is ultimately what it comes down to, to be a part of their loyalty program. So you step into the store, you, uh, I guess you have enough time to log into their Wi-Fi. You log into their Wi-Fi while you're waiting in line, and mm-hmm. you qualify automatically to receive this free six-inch sub. This is this is an interesting play. Um, you know, my guess is that it, then you get become part of their loyalty program. You become uh, get on their mailing list, and it's a win-win for everybody at this point. But uh, I I don't know, Asif, if this is something that uh, you know it's fast food. It's quick serve and i don't know that i'm really there to jump onto the wi-fi but maybe the first time for that sub maybe that's my well, price I, you know I, i'll disagree with you there i mean uh, you know having run a wi-fi company and and having these kinds of uh, of customers the subways of the world we you know we had burger king we had mcdonald's we had uh, starbucks um and uh absolutely these you know they want wi-fi uh, the market has moved uh, to that. I mean, anytime I'm in a, you know, uh, you know, I jump into a Tim Hortons before a meeting or something, you know, if I arrive early at a, at a meeting, uh, you know, I log on the Wi-Fi. That's, you know, I'm, I'm catching up on, on work. So, so, so I think there's definitely value there. I think the key to this deal for everybody is the social uh, piece uh, that comes with this. So a part of the Turnstile platform is something called social Wi-Fi. So it's this idea of, um, you know, identifying customers based on social uh, profile data. So, so it's, it's a data gathering exercise that Subway is going to benefit from here. Um, so, you know, you mentioned email lists, but, you know, also social uh, profiles, Twitter uh, profiles and things like that. And then the analytics that can come from that, right, in terms of understanding, right. you, know, you know, how many people are here, you know, uh, you know, frequency of visits and time of day and all that other stuff that you can get out of this. So there's, I think there's a lot of value in the data. Um, in ex- you know that basically you're trading for a free six-inch sub. So there you go. You know, it's interesting though because you know Subway in the United States uses Payment as their back-end payment system, right? Um, and we're gonna have we have a Payment story that's coming up. 
but uh, you know they have a, a really good adoption of their mobile app. And and my my only question is, you're getting a lot of data from that, and and Wi-Fi is very interesting. But you can also start to bring in some um, some beacons as as an example uh, to be able to yeah. capture all that information about traffic and conversions and all those kind right. of things. And and uh, so this is probably just another uh, another example of a way to do this. And and you're right, you you do sign in with your Facebook credentials so that you get all that information. Uh, you give up all that information that uh, that Subway wants for that. Uh, you're right. It, I think sometimes it's such a steep price, right? For a yeah, six-inch well, sub, I want I want like I want more than one sub, man. You know, but but I, th I look at it this way: if if you're going to use the Wi-Fi anyways, right. why not get why not get a free sub? I suppose. You know, I, I, you know, I, I think that's a fair. A fair trade there. So I don't think that this is everywhere, uh, or or this is a one-time offer. When you sign up, you get a free a free sub, and it's only in Northern Ontario. And Turnstile Solutions is a Canadian company. It's a Toronto-based company, isn't there it? There you go. And by the way, Turnstile will also be at Retail Logo. So so I can have this argument with them. You can yeah. You can talk to Devin himself. Yeah. Well, it's because uh, so. some of the interviews that I read is uh, from Matt Hunter, one of the co-founders, is talking about that this will revolutionize uh, retail. And, yeah. Well, you know, it's, he says, take, in, take into consideration who he is talking about it. But uh, yeah, that's it. So Subway uses Wi-Fi. Uh, so if you use Wi-Fi in a Subway in Northern Ontario, you get a free six-inch sub. There you go. All right. Our third story, Amazon, one of Rob's favorite companies, um, you know, becoming one of my favorite companies, I will say, also. Um, but uh, they filed a rather interesting patent uh, uh, this week, and uh, <laughs> you know these guys never cease to amaze me with their you know pushing the boundaries on technology. So basically, what they've uh, filed a patent for is this idea of a delivery truck. Um, you know, so Amazon's got you know delivery trucks, but this is a delivery truck with 3D printing equipment in the truck that can 3D print whatever you order on the go while it's being driven to you uh, and being delivered. Um, so using prepackaged digital instructions for printing each item, the proposed system can manufacture the product on request uh, and then using 3D printers produce this product inside the delivery truck while it's driving it to you. So it's about, you know, speeding time to delivery uh, and, and not having to deal with the cost of warehousing uh, you know, in, in big inventory, but you know, actually just producing on demand uh, what you need in the actual delivery truck as it's speeding its way to you. Brilliant! I love it. Who who else would have thought of that other than <laughs> other than Amazon? Yeah. You know, I just I, I keep telling you this to see if it's the greatest day ever because uh, Chris Colabello hit a two-run home run. Blue Jays take a two-nothing lead over the Orioles. I just got that too, but I got it on my phone, not my wrist. You didn't get it on a wrist, but yeah. baseball is back! Yay! Yes. And and oh by the way did you did you see the what do you what are you doing watching the the Blue Jays though I mean come on well it's just it's cause, cause man I'm come on man you. come on I mean you're a Yankees boy I know Yankees are up two nothing they've already won the World Series yeah all right all right all right our our third story I'm a Yankees guy I'm a Yankees guy but uh, you know what I gotta they gotta root for the the Canadian teams yeah no I right. do the Jays are my team man I know I know. All right, our, our next story, this involves a, uh, a company that we're very familiar with, Vistar Media. They've partnered with um, a company that actually, th this makes a lot of sense. Now, Vistar is all about partnering. They're a small, scrappy little company, you know, maybe 30 employees out of New York City. I love these guys. Um, they offer, they uh, operate a cross-channel system for advertising via mobile and out of home. They also announced this relationship, a partnership with Instantly, to measure the effectiveness of out-of-home campaigns 
through Instantly's mobile panel. This will actually track consumer engagement with out-of-home ads and correlate these interactions with foot traffic to retail establishments. This is part of the world of the mobile cookie, isn't it, Asif? This is so important. All of a sudden, you've got these guys who are looking at out-of-home advertising, standing in front of it. They're measuring dwell time, for example. They're measuring interactivity. They're measuring all these things. And then they're actually correlating that activity with walking into a store, walking into a place of business. And this is awesome. Is it it, it, it's fantastic, and you know, before I get to South by Southwest, um, you know, uh, in a week or so, I uh, I have to make a stop in Las Vegas to keynote at Digital Signage Expo, and I expect that a lot of the discussion this year will be on this kind of partnership, this kind of measurement, you know, uh, new metrics for tracking the effectiveness of of out of home and and real time content. Uh, delivery. So, um, so, so I, I'm I'm excited about this space and and the kinds of partnerships that Vistar is putting together with with companies like Instantly. So great, so great. So uh, you can go to vistarmedia.com. I also interviewed them uh, on Untether.tv. If you just go to Untether.tv and do a search for them, but this is the kind of relationship that makes a lot of sense. Vistar partnering with Instantly. There you go. All right, our fifth story. Uh, yeah, that company that I used to love. That I don't love so much anymore has has done something this week, and that is PayPal. PayPal, newly separated and divorced from their good friends at eBay, uh, has gone out and made a, a pretty large acquisition in acquiring Padient. Uh, Rob mentioned Padient uh, just a few minutes ago as the the, the back end payments technology that sits underneath the Subway app. Um, and so th this is a pretty big deal, right? Because uh, you know we we've been wondering, the industry has been wondering, with the success that Apple Pay is having, and now you know Android Pay and 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 Samsung Pay and everybody Pay, uh, you know taking off. You know what what is PayPal going to do? Uh, and so obviously they've gone out and they've acquired Paydient. And and the uh, the scuttle on this at the moment is is rather interesting because uh, Paydient. As alluded to in the subway example, you know their core business is white labeling, you know um, payment uh, processing technology, you know to power other people's apps. And so the question I have out of this kind of deal is, you know, what does this mean for for PayPal's brand? You know, PayPal's always been about their brand. It's always been about uh, you know um, you know accepting payments, uh, you know, through PayPal and and paying people through PayPal. Uh, and it's always been about that brand, and that it's been a strong brand. And now here we go with you know this big acquisition, um, and uh, you know we're going to power other people's third-party apps, including, by the way, one of the deals Padient has signed and done nothing with yet is they're the core technology behind MCX that has been quiet and and nobody's heard from yet either uh, in response to Apple Pay and. Just to add more fuel to the fire, there was an interview done this week with one of the senior executives at Walmart, the core uh, drivers of the MCX initiative, saying that they, you know, they, they didn't want to go too far, but they were quoted as saying that you know uh, we're exploring you know all of our options, and you know it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that they may support Apple Pay. Uh, you know, as part of what the MCX initiative is going to do. So um, there's a lot of problems with MCX. There's a lot of problems, I think, at PayPal. Um, you know, and uh, right now, you know, this it, I think there's a good acquisition for PayPal. I think it 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 shores up the bottom line a little bit. It brings you know a whole new revenue stream to the to the table that they they absolutely need because they are they are bleeding on the other side, right? And and you know, especially on online, we talked about the power of what Apple Pay can do online. 
to process transactions, and that'll feed into another story I'm going to talk about at the end of the day here. Um, but uh, anyways, the, the short of it is PayPal acquires Padient. They also launched just a smaller story this week. They, they launched their own NFC reader, um, and um, you know that that's that's interesting in itself because it also indicates that they may uh, be out to support Google Pay and Apple Pay and everything else. So yeah, so PayPal diminishing the brand and you know trying to be all things to all people in payments to survive. That's my that's my summary. Don't hold go. back. Don't hold back there, see. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! You know it's it's interesting because PayPal. This was a coup. This was a this was a coup for PayPal. In 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 my opinion, is that, you know, the same way that Google, as we we talked about, basically just took out SoftCard and took out yeah. all the carriers, right? And and owns that technology, and and it's it's now dead. And Chuck will talk about the reasons why in a little while. But, I mean, PayPal brilliantly just circumvented that whole MCX, the currency, MCX exchange, right? Uh, yeah. And, and currency is what it's called now. Um, and, and they own them now. So this is this is control, really, because Patient powers, Subway, they power. It, it's amazing what they've just done. So I'm, I'm much more optimistic about this acquisition. And I'm, I'm also very, I'm, I'm not very uh, optimistic about MCX or currency or whatever they're called. Oh, I'm not at all. I but think, yeah, I, I, I'm with, like I said, I think this is a good move for yeah. PayPal. It brings some stability to them. But I think from a brand point of view, this is, this is you know, truly diminishes the brand. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Poor PayPal. You can never satisfy a thief. Yeah, there you go. PayPal does nothing, nothing, nothing. I used to love these guys. Come you. on. I know, I know. You Let's are wind the, the clock back two years. I, I was like so hot on these guys. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing, episode number 58. This is the year in review and our forecast episode where we're talking about projections or predictions about what's going on in this fine industry for 2012. With PayPal is well positioned for that. I think, you know, all of the acquisitions they've made over the last 24 months, you know, Red Laser, you know, for scanning barcodes and, and getting content about a product, you know, Milo for real-time product inventory, uh, the Wear acquisition for, you know, location-based uh, uh, data and deal uh, delivery and optimization. When all that gets rolled together, which it hasn't happened yet, and they just, you know, announced recently that they're going into the mobile couponing space, uh, when all of that rolls out, which I think will be before the summer, uh, you know, we're going to start to see, you know, some big consolidation of the tools internally inside of eBay and PayPal and, 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 and some sort of new product offering in the market, probably around March, April timeframe. Um, you know, I think we're, you know, they're, they're going to dominate and they're, they're going to have a big piece of this pie. There's an interesting story here that Rob's, Rob's going to talk about now. This uh, is an interesting one. I don't yeah. this is, okay. I mean, you know, when it comes to, to waffles, um, I love me my waffles. I do. I love me my waffles. And now this is waffle house. Chicken with waffles or just waffles? It doesn't matter. Just waffles, man. Just give me waffles. Okay. Anything on it except for icing sugar. Why, why would you put that on it? Icing sugar doesn't yeah. work. Anyway. Ma a little maple syrup is good. Maple uh, That's a true Canadian way to do it. Just yeah. maple syrup. I'm a fruit guy myself. But I never would have considered uh, actually sending packages to a waffle house for pickup. And delivery. This is a weird thing. So, I mean, I traveled extensively when I was younger, much younger, when I was in my 20s. And I would travel around the world. And the thing that you couldn't do around the world, at least back then, this was in the early 90s, there's no such thing as email. 
right? So my parents, my mother would, would, would accumulate a whole bunch of stuff from all my friends and family, letters, written, handwritten letters and, and newspaper clippings about baseball and Bruce Springsteen and, and you know, anything that she could send. And, and, and she would put it in a package and she would ship it to the American Express offices in the cities or the countries where I was actually going to. And then, you know, maybe three or four times along my trip, it was an extensive trip, I would, I would go and I would find a package waiting for me. It would be the greatest things. It's how I heard about, oddly enough, how I heard about um, the uh, beatings in L.A. and the riots in L.A. I heard about four weeks after they happened, but it was from a clipping that my mother had sent through a package through American Express. So you learn to accept that there are places where you get packages mm -hmm. and send packages and pick them up, like the post office, MX offices, or so on, you know, um, or even the 7-Elevens these days, right? But the Waffle House... Not so much, but this is what makes it interesting. It's a 24-hour establishment. It's never closed. So why wouldn't it be a good place to drop off and pick up packages? And that's exactly what we're talking about here. <laughs> Rody app has teamed up with the Waffle House to become a 24-hour place where you drop and pick up packages. The drivers are out there anyways. People are out there anyways. This is a place that people go to because it's open. So why wouldn't you drop a package off and ship a package to the Waffle House? It is a weird thing to think about, you know? And uh, as, as their CEO says, uh, his name is Walt Amer, says, uh, we're just bacon and eggs over here. I've been amazed with the explosion of Uber and Airbnb and other technology that kind of enables people to get together and conduct business together. This service will cost between $12 and $200. Uh, you know, they have some rules, of course, no narcotics, no illegal substances. I'm not sure how they're going to uh, make sure that that doesn't happen. Because, uh, But this is really, this is really an interesting play because why not? They have the space. They have the hours. Why not ship? I, I think, think it's that, good. I, don't I like think that it. I'd ever use it though. Would you? Yeah. Um, you know, if I was traveling and I had space, you know, I might be willing to carry something for somebody. I don't know if I need the waffle as the incentive to do that. Um, you know, it reminds me of another company uh, that I think is doing really well. Uh, this company, we, we featured them way back when I came back from a Dallas conference is where I met them, uh, called Five, uh, Five Million Shoppers. Uh, Chinese-based uh, uh, startup. And so these guys were basically looking at all the people who live in the U.S. and then travel back to China to visit family and friends and, and whatever on a regular basis. And people in China are, are hungry for luxury goods uh, and they pay like re exorbitant prices for these things because of all the taxes and tariffs that you have to pay. And so these guys had set up this whole marketplace where if you were going to be traveling to China from the U.S., you can, you can basically put yourself on, on this system and then people could request certain products. You go buy the products at the normal American prices, which are like 50% or less of what you would pay in China. And then you bring them over on your trip and then you, you meet up with the person and you exchange that. And the difference between what you would pay in China and what you pay in the U.S., you actually split that. Um, the, yeah, as a profit between you, uh, who, who's carrying the package, and uh, and the Chinese uh, marketplace company. So, uh, so I think there's there's a lot of room for this kind of stuff. Um, you know, the Waffle House. Yeah, I mean, if you, hey, you're open 24 hours, why not? Well, one of the things that Rody is trying to do is become kind of the as everybody is trying to become the Uber of something, but they want to become the Uber of package delivery. And, uh, and so what happens is that the drivers who are dropping these things off and picking them up get 80% of the, uh, the value of the shipping cost. And then there's a dollar uh, fee for insurance, which is, which is interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not convinced, man. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think that I would use a Waffle House as a place of business. 
to be able to ship stuff unless I'm paying in Bitcoin and I'm shipping my dope. All right. Well, well moving on. Well, because we're on. talking about, uh, you know, one of the stories is about this magic app. It's number 10. Uh, yeah. and, the, and, and there's a great origin story of magic and it has a lot to do with dope. So, um, you know, I just, this is, this, is, uh, this is an interesting play. And what goes well with waffles? Or when do waffles taste the best? Right? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm just saying. Rob, so, you spent too much time around waffles. I did. Rody yeah. app teams up with the Waffle House for 24-hour delivery services. There you go. All right. <laughs> Great story. Steve. Story, Great story number seven. Uh, over to uh, Australia. And uh, a company called AdShell, which is an outdoor advertising company. That's A-D-S-H-E-L. Only one L on that. Uh, is rolling out a network of 3,000 beacons across Australia uh, that's basically tied to their outdoor advertising um, uh, uh, platforms. So uh, this is interesting because it's, it's the biggest deployment of beacons uh, in, in Australian market. Three, as I said, 3,000 beacons connected to their out-of-home uh, presence. Um, and uh, what I like about this is that the initial uh, take on this or what they're trying to do with this is is more as an analytics play as opposed to trying to push offers and deals out. So as, as the uh, CEO is quoted as saying, this is initially about listening and learning, um, you know, about how we can, we can glean advertiser insights. Um, and so the data generated by the beacons can be used potentially by advertisers down the road. Um, but it's really about audience targeting in some ways not that different than what we just talked about with Vistar and Instantly. So there's a big movement around the out-of-home space to integrate beacons, to integrate other things, to improve you know, the targeting of the, uh, of the content on, on those screens and out-of-home placement as well as the measurement of the performance of those things. So here you have it in Australia, AdShell launching a 3,000 uh, beacon network across Australia. Our eighth story, this is actually from... Um this is about an app. This is called Faces In. Uh, and so I've taken a look at this application. It's only available on Android at this moment, which is unfortunate. Very, very, very unfortunate because, you know, I don't use Android. Um, but here's, you know, we are stuck in the world of now. That's, that's I guess, the concept behind this is that everything that we've done to this date is about now. So we check in with Foursquare. Uh, you know, I use all of these different apps that tell people when I'm going to arrive somewhere or where I am at this moment on my route, like glimpse to getting there. And this is a company that that started off in that space about stamping your location and letting people know where you are at this moment to create social gatherings around this moment. Uh, and so what ended up happening was that it's so crowded. It's so crowded. And they realized that maybe there's an opportunity to actually let people know when I'm going to be somewhere and that becomes the social network. So say you want to listen, I don't know, maybe you want to see Bruce Springsteen. I don't know. Some people do. I mean, it's, Some people do. It, it could be, it could be a few people that want to see Bruce Springsteen in concert. But the key is that I just need to know when he's going to be there. Maybe I want to know when Asif is going to be in the city that I live in. So what this does, it's a service that actually brings together all of my social network, all of their social network, puts it into a little thing, a little trash compactor of location and spouts out based on a lot of inference, a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, computing power, where they are going to be. And uh, and literally, that's what I see. So I can actually see when Asif is going to be in the city that I'm at or when I'm in a city, where Asif will be. So it, it takes in uh, things like LinkedIn, takes in your social networks like Facebook and Twitter. It also takes in like uh, Eventbrite and all these other different uh, uh, technologies and crams them all together and then puts them into a uh, really easy to use application that says, listen, here are some social people. These are people that maybe you follow, maybe you don't. Maybe they're popular, maybe they aren't. 
but they're going to be in this city speaking at this event or going to this place. So it just makes it very easy to stock people who you want to uh, connect with. Now they're targeting people like salespeople who want to close deals and just happen to be in the same restaurant or happen to be at the same event that the person that they're trying to close the deal with. They've actually taken from AngelList the top 100 most influential angel investors and put them in here and you can actually see where these guys are going to be uh, and you can go and stock those guys because that's really the best way to get in a, a deal is what I've heard is is stalking angel investors. You, you, is that, that's about right. So you can actually uh, follow these people around. You can run into people that matter who are in nearby events. You can connect locally with your LinkedIn contacts if you so choose. Um, and this really is a way to find out where the people you want to meet are going to be at any given point of the day. What do you think of that, Asif? Uh, I, don't like I don't like it. I don't like it. It's, uh, well, first of all, I mean, this is not new. Um, you know, if you want to do this in, a, in the proper way, go look at what Glimpse has been doing for years uh, in terms of sharing, you know, your, your location in but real Glimpse time. Is, Glimpse is about uh, where, like, where I am right now, right? So yeah, sharing my but, location. Yeah, but it's also, you know, about showing your route your pre- yeah. and, and, and potentially where you're going to end up. You know, but if you want to look at a, like a true comparison, you remember, um, you know, speaking of uh, Retail Local in Austin, there was an Austin startup back in the day uh, called Forecast. Right, which was check into the future, check into where you're going to be nice. in, in an hour or in you know five hours or tomorrow, nice. and then when you when that time came up, it would send you a reminder and, and actually ask you, are you actually at that place you said you were going to be, um, and that didn't really take off either. Um, you know, if you remember, the guys were great. I don't know if you remember the two guys who who founded that. I forgot the guys' names now, um, but uh, they were they were based in Austin. Um, I think we were probably too early for it. Like you, you know, there's phases in life that happen, right? And and uh, you know, early on when it would when you were asked to tell people where you were going to be, people freaked out because we were all worried about our privacy and security back then. Now we've just given up our privacy and our security. We don't give a damn about it, um, you know. But that the difference between those guys and faces is the fact that that was voluntary, right? I would tell people, I would opt to, I would say, listen, I'm going to be here. This one is, no, 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 you don't have an option. Anything that you put out into the social sphere, which is fair game, I guess, but we're going to put that in a way that tells people without you expressly giving them permission to go and stalk you, we're going to tell people. Yeah. That's the difference, I think. Renee Pinnell, I just looked up his name. That was the guy uh, who, uh, one of the guys who who, uh, founded uh, Forecast. So I I just found it. These guys... They closed. Okay, this just show you how long ago this was. They shut down. There was an article on, on TechCrunch that they ran out of money and they shut down. This was in July of 2012. Okay? Uh, July of 2012. So that's how long ago. So this was check into the future of, of where you're going to be. Check into the future. Where are those guys now? Forecast. Yeah. I, I think the other, I don't know where Renee is. The other guy, I can't think of his name for the life of me. Uh, he went to Square. I know that. He did. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, this is an interesting thing. If you're interested in finding out more information about them, go to faces.in, faces.in. And uh, as I said, it's only Android right now. I think that they may be talking about an iPhone version um, coming up, but I'm not sure. But you can download it. It's free. Faces in, faces.in. It tells you, you know. where you're going to be or where somebody you want to stock is going to be. And we'll see. Maybe we'll be having this conversation in two years down the road. What happened to that the company, the thing, you know, all those lawsuits and the stalker and... You know, they probably sent a package to the Waffle House who's full of drugs and people met there because they knew they were going to be there and cops busted them. This is a perfect thing, right? 
Mm. There you go. Ah, all right, Asif, take us off this story, man. We spent yeah, too much time. Our ninth story. This I really like this story. So this is a an interesting partnership between Visa, uh, Accenture, and Pizza Hut. Okay, uh, and these three have teamed up to do something rather interesting around connected car. Uh, applications and so basically what they're doing is is and they announced this at Mobile World Congress this week they're testing a proof of concept around uh, doing online or, or, or purchasing from your car uh, using uh, the visa uh, the visa platform to do this visa checkout platform to do this and so basically uh, it's combining um, you know your car's location uh, it's using cellular and Bluetooth uh, in, in the vehicle. Uh, in some, some vehicles, they have Wi-Fi now, obviously. Uh, GM uh, has that standard now, I think, on, on every new vehicle that they're pushing out there. Um, but using Visa Checkout's online payment service, uh, basically, you can, you know, while you're driving your car, you can order your Pizza Hut pizza, okay? Um, you don't, it's all hands-free, so it's using IVR technology to do this. Um, so you don't, you know, your, your, your attention's still on the road, but you're hungry, you're driving, you're ordering your pizza, and then it's sharing your location in real time, uh, so it alerts the staff at Pizza Hut when, you, when you're getting close, so that your order is ready, and you can just walk in and pick it up. It's already prepaid through the, through the system in the car. Uh, in, it, not that different than what we talked about with um, Starbucks and Square, uh, teaming up around this thing called arrival prediction, um, but in this case, you know uh, the, the core difference here is is you know it's happening in the car, and it's happening using Visa's checkout platform. So I like this. I think this you know we're going to see more of these kinds of things. I think this is a good partnership, uh, and Accenture is playing the role of sort of project manager and putting all the players together uh, in this uh, as they uh, tend to do uh, these these big consulting companies tend to do in in, in these scenarios. So there you go, Accenture. Visa uh, and Pizza Hut team up to uh, let you buy a pizza while you're driving, prepay for it, and have it ready uh, based on your real-time location when, when you arrive at the restaurant. Why does everything start with pizza? Why not? Well, What's I, wrong with pizza? You got something wrong against I, pizza? I don't. I don't. But remember, we saw a lot of experimentation yeah. around companies that like one-button pizza ordering. It's always well, pizza. It's always pizza. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not quite the tummy translator, but, you know. <laughs> you like that. I do. Uh, you know, the, I think the challenge here is that I, I, I don't know that, that I order pizza enough to make this worthwhile or even a newsworthy event, right? Um, and I wouldn't even consider Pizza Pizza real pizza. So, you know, I, or Pizza Hut, sorry, real pizza. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think there, for me, this is actually a little too complicated in some ways. I, I think you could, <laughs> you, you could simplify this process. Like, you know I simplify it, Asif? No, but but I think if, if if you're Ford Sync or you're GM OnStar right. or you're you're you know you you have the ability to play that concierge service, right? Yep. And there's no reason you can't simply hit a button in your car in the case of OnStar and get that person you know at the call center and say, hey, I want to order a pizza or I want to order coffee or I want to order Thai food or I want to you know book a hotel room, um, and have them do that for you. Um, have them share your location in real time for you because they can do that. Um, and uh, and then, you know, basically GM or whoever can start to add that to the bill. Like it's just, it's like a carrier billing type of model, right? Um, you know, why do I necessarily need Visa checkout for that? I don't know, right? It's yeah. because we, we, we just, we overcomplicate stuff. Yeah, you know, we, so. we do. When, as long as I can actually still call somebody and order a pizza, 
and they may have my credit card on file or not. Yeah. It just it, this doesn't make any sense. But you know, to dedicate resources to bringing yeah. bringing Visa, Accenture bringing Visa and Pizza Hut together so that it's, I, I yeah, just, it, it doesn't it's make any sense. Much. I mean, and, and I I do order pizza. I mean, my kids love pizza. I mean, like probably every two weeks or so. Yeah, but that's know, not enough to make a whole service out of it. And I'll tell you, I do it online. I yeah. do it all online. Yeah. I have like my orders saved pretty much. Uh, I just like log in, hit the button, you know, make sure it's it's the right thing, and hit and and hit order, and 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 that's it. That's all I do. Because pizza's easy. Because pizza is easy. And this is comp. This is too complicated for ordering pizza. Yeah. Like it, so, for example, if for example, here's Accenture and Visa teaming up with here in Canada, like Petro Canada or Esso, right? Yeah. Where. I saw. I drive by a, a gas station and I see the price is ninety eight cents a liter Canadian, right? And I say, okay, because look, everywhere else it's like a buck four, it's a buck five, and I say, listen, why don't I have a button that says buy pre buy gas at ninety eight cents, over there, and that's yeah. more valuable when I'm driving in my car for Christ's sake, because I know that every four days I have to fill up my tank, right? So and now it's guaranteed. I bought that at ninety eight cents. Like, let's think a little bit, uh, you know, about a little bit of innovation here, as opposed to just ordering a goddamn pizza from a car because those things don't work together. Yep. Because our tenth story here will allow me to get a pizza without, you know, even thinking about it, right? That's yeah. So let me dive into that. It's like magic about this this crazy service that is just blown up, and we're not talking about Meerkat over here. Which I got a low battery here, so we might we might lose you guys. Um, but I'm not talking about Meerkat. I'm talking about magic. It is a service. It is. It proves that SMS is not dead, like everybody else is talking about. So magic, literally. I, there's this great article uh, uh, in Wired about the emergence. It's called Magic: The Story of an Accidentally Founded Wildly Viral Startup. I'm not going to explain it to you, but you should read the article because it's great because David Pierce is the author and he talks about, listen, when he moved into a new city, he went up to a guy and he said, listen, you know, a, a friend of his in the city said like, you know, where do I get my dope? Literally, he writes about this first paragraph, where do I get my dope? And he said, well, here, just text this guy, make sure it's exactly this way and he'll respond with a yes or no, you're cool or you're not. And ultimately, that's exactly what magic has emerged into. Now, David Pierce did not invent magic and I had no idea that dope dealers dealt with text messages to be able to deal dope. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't, didn't know that, but I didn't know that. But here is something called magic. And ultimately, it is what they've classified here. And there's another stupid thing that everybody's talking about. The Uber of everything right? This is literally, you can order absolutely anything. You type it in. I want a pizza. Okay. And somebody on the other end will respond and say, what do you want on that pizza? And they will actually source a pizza for you, tell you how much it costs and I actually order it and deliver it for you. So listen, David Pierce actually did this. He said he ordered, uh, he wanted, he almost bought a Jetta. He said he's ordered a bunch of stuff and they all coordinated. So it's literally, you're sending it out by text message and what comes back is actually a human. It's not a robot. It is a human that actually sources all these things. And literally you can get anything you want. He said, listen, I wanted these speakers or these headset, these headphones that I wanted to buy. And he put them in there and he got a price quote on them and he, and uh, they, they never arrived because it was uh, number 178 on the, on the waiting list. Uh, and, but the thing is that what he has found, they were Jaybird Blue Buds X. And uh, what he said that, what he, what he realized was that um, he actually ordered a couple of things and they never showed up. They never, ever showed up because he didn't include the address. This is a service that was never meant to be a service. It just spread virally and it went crazy. And now they're overwhelmed. They've got 20 or 30 different people trying to fulfill these orders. And that's literally what it is. 
It's crazy. There's a delivery fee. This is premium service. Uh, if you want anything delivered to your house anywhere at any time, these guys can do it. You just type it literally into the screen and guess what happens? In theory, it uh, it appears because you pay your credit card. It's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. I love it. I love it. You know, I uh, the closest thing I, I have to that is I did this panel in, uh, in Boston a few years ago at MIT and... Um, the uh, one of the guys from uh, from Zarly was on the panel with me, and I, I told the story at the time. I remember telling it to, to you uh, you guys on the show. But uh, quick recap of that: so we were the last panel of the day, and you know was getting you know everyone was getting a little tired. Everybody wanted to get to drinks, and um, we were we didn't know this at the time. But the guy from Zarly had basically posted a job request on the Zarly platform for somebody in the area on campus or whatever to go and get beer and bring it to the four of us on the panel um, and literally a guy showed up with a backpack and you know hauled out some beers and handed us a beer each on the panel uh, and got paid through the Zarly platform so um, you know I love that stuff Zarly made magic before magic made magic now this was a company that that's a great story um, this was a, a company called better and uh, they are actually, I think, a Y Combinator funded company. They're in Y Combinator and they were actually in a blood pressure. They were building um, uh, apps and services for blood pressure in business. And uh, they've now obviously converted right over full time to actually fund magic. I'm not sure the viability of this, but wouldn't it be great if you could just pick up your phone and say, I want and have it delivered to your door. Yeah, there's a premium for it. But uh, man, be awesome. magic. magic, 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 magic. It's magic. All right, Steve, those are the uh, top 10 stories of the week. If yours isn't there, it's your damn fault. Reach out to either of us, rob at untether.tv or Steve at the lbma.com. Tell us your story, please. We would love to be able to broadcast it to the nine people plus the five live that are watching this right now. Right, Steve? Nine? Yeah. Like I'm nine in. billion. Yes. Yeah. All right, we have, we have one, one more sponsor, don't we? We do. That's what I'm about to get into. Uh, you know, as we talk about Retail Loco, Retail Loco, RetailLow.co is the conference, obviously, one week from this coming Sunday. Uh, and uh, Shelf Bucks is a sponsor of Retail Logo. And why don't we just roll this little piece about Shelf Books, and then we'll be back and uh, we'll roll right into uh, Chuck Martin talking about the demise of Soft Card. So here is Shelf Bucks, a sponsor of Retail Loco. Menasha and Shelfbucks Smart POP Displays. Menasha has partnered with Shelfbucks to bring digital capabilities to traditional in-store point-of-purchase displays. You already execute brilliant in-store POP merchandising, but you have questions. How efficiently are stores executing my programs? How many shoppers were exposed to each display? Were shoppers interested or engaged? Did the display even make it to the floor? Our partnership reinvents in-store merchandising by creating the industry's first smart POP display. Smart displays deliver a digital in-store platform that positively impacts sales and the shopper experience by leveraging existing POP merchandising processes. We deliver detailed execution data while providing a real-time view of shopper behavior including traffic, dwell time, and conversion rates by campaign, store, and other key metrics. Using the retailer's mobile app, shoppers easily opt in to receive coupons, product reviews, and other content to create an interactive and measurable experience. Menasha and Shelf Books, 
bringing the most effective digital campaigns to POP smart displays. Complete your omni-channel strategy. Shelf bucks, folks, and uh, we're going to cruise right into right now. Uh, I want to uh, bring in Chuck Martin, who I do a show with called the Mobile Commerce Minute. He does a daily over at MediaPost.com, all about mobile commerce, all about mobile uh, payments. Just he's a great guy. He's also a uh, three-time author in the mobile space, and he is talking about why SoftCard did not succeed. So here, Chuck Martin on SoftCard going limp. Er, oh, that's terrible. Here's Chuck. There's really a, a lot to be learned along the way. And, and I should say, before I say all this, I actually kind of like SoftCard uh, or ISIS. I, I still call it ISIS, uh, terrible name. But but some of the things that, that we saw along the way, that, and you can see it, it was doomed, if not from the start, then certainly uh, along the way. Um, its name. Uh, it, it named itself ISIS and, and it owned the website Pay With This. It didn't even own, own ISIS.com. Then when the ISIS other name came out, of course, they said, we're, they announced with great fanfare, we're going to change the name, but they didn't have a name. And then later they came up with the name SoftCard. And you think they had SoftCard.com? Nope, somebody else had that. So they, their, their website is, is GoSoftCard.com. That was one. Number two, getting it to work. The way Google Wallet worked was you download Google Wallet and you use it. That's it. Uh, There's is, is no moving parts. It's pretty simple. Uh, at its launch, Soft, ISIS SoftCard wasn't so smooth. You had to download the app, no big deal. Then you had to go find an official uh, corporate store, not, not just the store that sold AT&T or Verizon phones, but a corporate store. Then you had to find the person in the store who knew anything about ISIS then, and nobody did. And then if you found a person, you had to find a person who knew where the SIM cards were, which they didn't, and these are tiny SIM cards. Um, and then you have to get it registered, which it took me an hour the first time to get my system registered. And no one normal is gonna go through that. Number three, testing and training. Um, SoftCard was was field tested in, in high tech Austin, great the home of South by Southwest, of course, in Salt Lake City, and then it was rolled out nationwide. That that was the test. Uh, if you look at what Starbucks did, they trained all their employees nationwide. Then they introduced mobile payments to their customers. So all of a sudden, it looked like that was pretty easy. And the the other thing was they didn't have the technology in the in the stores. Uh, number four, the way it worked. Um, when you load, and this is even as, as of a day ago, when you uh, use ISIS SoftCard to, to load the app, it says, quote, set as default, SoftCard, set as default. SoftCard will replace Google Wallet as your default payment method for tap and pay transactions. If you don't accept that as the default to replace Wallet, you basically cannot download, the, the app won't even open. Uh, then where it worked, it, it didn't work pretty much anywhere uh, it, initially, even though they, they introduced it. And it had this great, inside the app, the location finder saying, this is where it can be used. One day I visited all the retailers within the location in Boston that, that said they would use it. Uh, not only did, did none, no people use it, none of them even had the technology where it could be used. Uh, uh, another issue, uh, the payment methods. Um, they initially they used Serve uh, S E R V E, which is an Amex American Express company, and initially that was all you could use. Well, I got my credit card, my Serve card in the mail, and the PIN number. I threw it away because I was going to use the wallet. Then when I tried to use the wallet, it said you need the PIN number from your card. And I said, well, I don't have a PIN number, so I called ISIS. They actually I got someone on the phone finally, and they said, oh, you need to call Serve. I called Serve. They wouldn't give me my PIN number uh, since they, I couldn't prove that it was my card. Anyway, I never used Serve. It just didn't work. 
Um, ironically, yesterday I got a notice from Swerve that if I don't cancel the account uh, because they're leaving Wall, it's going to be a dollar charge every month uh, in perpetuity. So I, I called them and, and canceled the card, which was pretty easy. Um, and then basically the, along the way, the workers. Um, so it's, some of the issues were not as visible as others. Uh, over the years, I would routinely ask people in the know, hey, so what do you think about mobile payments these days? What do you think of, of soft card ISIS? And they'd say, oh, I actually worked on that a while back. And then I rented somebody. I was in, in Europe. Uh, what do you think of this payment? Oh, I actually worked on that a while back. I, I kept running into people everywhere who worked on this a while back. So uh, what, what I think was the point was that they had uh, a, a lot of cooks and not necessarily a chef uh, in the grand scheme of things. Really hard to do a venture with uh, with entities that are so large with some basically mixed or, or priorities that are not necessarily this. So the, the final notice from from SoftCard was uh, as of 331, this, I'm just reading, your SoftCard app will no longer work. You can continue to use the SoftCard app until 331. After that, your account will be closed. Period. <laughs> so uh, off to off to Google Wallet. And that Chuck Martin, what a guy. Thank you for allowing us to use that, Chuck. Thank you for doing a show with me, Chuck. Thank you for being Chuck Martin. You can follow him up at, at Chuck Martin or take a look at his daily, daily articles that he does on MediaPost.com. Thanks, Chuck. All right, I see big story this week, obviously, is this world of real time that we are all engaged in. We talked about it. We talked about magic. We talked about, uh, you know, picking up packages 24-7 at the Waffle House because, you know, for some reason, uh, hours don't matter anymore. We don't, we don't care for hours. I don't know what kind of delivery happens at 3 in the morning other than maybe Dave Pierce's. Uh, is that his name, Dave Pierce? Um, yeah, Dave Pierce's dope uh, coming from magic. Uh, so we talk about the Rody app and at the Waffle House. We talk about magic in real time. Get anything you want at any point in time. Um, this is this is crazy. What's going on? What happened to patience and anticipation? <laughs> we we don't have any. I mean, it, it's it's it, it's just a you know where society is today and technology is is trying to you know. Uh, facilitate uh, the the way we are, but I mean, you see it. I mean, I see it with my kids. I mean, they're, they're uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's everything. Whenever they want it, they want it right now, right? They want it right now. Like there, there's no, hey, you know, dad's busy doing something right now. We'll wait till he's done that, and then we'll ask him. Like that doesn't that thought doesn't occur uh, with my kids. It, it's like they'll just interrupt you, like in the middle of what you're doing, because because we need that right now, and, and like there's no sense of of couth or um you know anything like it's just oh, well, <laughs> it's just how it is and it, and it's not like it, they're not trying to be disrespectful they just don't know any any other way right um and it's not just with with me it's with anybody with their grandparents with you know people you know anybody that they're around um and i think that's that's just the kind of society that we live in that we're not patient people we want whatever we want we want it right now and the technology is kind of coming alongside and trying and facilitating that whether it's Hey, you know, I need to order a pizza, you know, through my car, um, and you know, when I get to the Pizza Hut, it better be ready. I don't want to. I don't want to have to wait in line. Do you not know uh, who I am? I don't want to have to wait in line for that. I mean, I'm entitled to this pizza right now because you know I've already paid for it. Um, I'm here, you know, and uh, you know it should it should be ready. And and I think that's that's the world that we live in. And uh, you know, and the Amazon story is similar, right? It's you know, how can we get this thing? to you faster right. that you want. Uh, it, it's the same, you know, they're, they're thinking about it from the other side of, you know, the, the company that has to supply the product. Um, you know, so if we can, if we can create the product, uh, you know, while the truck is driving and 3D printed and have it, you know, still warm, 
you know, when it arrives, well, hey, you know, we're satisfying the, the way that the customer is thinking today uh, and getting them what they want as fast as, you know, technology will allow us to do it. And, you know, so I think that's where we're at. I think, you know, the technology is trying to match the way we're operating as a society at the moment. And uh, I think it's a little bit scary. I, you know, I, I uh, you know, I, I'm still the guy. Remember, I played baseball. So, you know, I'm still the guy who, you know, um, a casual stroll around the bases <laughs> is okay. You know, you know, it's not all about speed always. Um, you know, and uh, and if you see me play baseball, it's not about speed. No, no, not even when I try to run fast. But you know, there are so many examples of this that uh, you know throughout the day that that I have this exact same challenge, right? With my kids, is creating anticipation. We used to order stuff by mail. And then yep. I would wait to get that slip in the mail that said, hey, it's delivered, go and pick it up, right? And then it would be about, you know, the anticipation. It would add value. To me, it would add value to whatever it is that I was ordering. And uh, I see this everywhere right now, which is the ability, and I think it's the app economy that has, that has brought this in. But look at Netflix. Like, what did people do starting last Friday at midnight till all weekend? Yep. What did they do? They watched House of Cards, right? It wasn't that they had to wait for another episode. They had to wait a whole year for a new season, but there was 13 episodes dropped in front of them that yeah. they could just not stop watching, right? So 13 episodes, boom. And and it, the difference between that and traditional television, like say The Walking Dead, is that you have to wait every week for yes. that episode. And there's anticipation and you think about it and you stew about it, right? And I think that people are, are there. there's a lot of loss that happens as a result of this. You don't get the full value of it. And you know what? It's easy to discuss discard stuff even if there's value to you at some point monetary value it's easy to discard stuff if you if you don't have to wait for stuff and that's the challenge i have with my kids is that i know i can download that movie i know we can watch it right now i know we can get that video game i know we can do all these things but the answer is no simply because you have to anticipate anticipation is so important to it and i, I don't think a lot of companies are playing to that no, not at all. And and I think the you know from a location point of view, you know what's interesting here is is that this, this ability to to continuously broadcast where we are, um, you know, and at the same time share our desire for whatever it is we want right then, you know, and tying those two those two pieces of data together, you know, is, is facilitating a lot of this, right? Um, and and it's interesting because for the last number of years, you know, when we talk about location sharing, you know, we've talked about you know privacy issues, and we've talked about all these these hindrances to getting people to actually share their location. But what's happening is is now you know the, the sharing of the location is actually falling as the secondary piece because the value is now being presented in the immediacy of whatever it is I want. I don't care that I have to share my location if I'm getting the pizza or the coffee or the whatever. Um, you know, because I want it right now, and and yeah, you have to bring it to me because I ain't gonna I ain't gonna come to you to get it. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, so it, it's um so, so that the utility of location in that context is paramount, right? Um, and, and and so I think that's you know that for us that's that's the central piece in this. You know, it's that the real time you know immediacy in context of what you're looking for tied to the location of where you are is uh, is the real story here. Have said it any better if I had said it myself, Asif. 
It would have taken twice as long, and it wouldn't have been as concise as that. So we will leave it at that. We'd love to hear what you think about this. Is is this world of anticipation just because of an old fart? Is that what it is about, or is this real? Because I think anticipation is a marketing uh, is is a marketing challenge right now, because you want people to value what it is that you're selling and uh, reach out. You know how to reach us, Rob at untether.tv or Seif at the LBMA.com. And um, I think that probably does the show. Do you think that's it? Is there anything else that we can talk about, Asif? I think so. All right. Yeah. So uh, next time I see you, we will both be in Austin. We will be together, man. Together. Together. Uh, yeah. Well, that's we're we gonna figure out where do we do some sort of live something. Well, we'll do something for two twenty-five or something along those lines. I'm not sure what it's gonna be, but we will be recording an episode. We'll never miss an episode. That's our guarantee. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll continue to do this forever. If you like it, please reach out to us. And of course, if you love the show, or even if you like it marginally, or even if you can just handle it, just stand it a little bit, go wherever you found this great episode and give it a rating of some sort and a written little uh, review. Screen cap that, send it to me, and we will read it on the air. Be sure to include your company's name as well, and we will do that, and a URL, okay? That's all that we ask of you guys. Asif, I can't wait. For Retail Loco. Awesome. I cannot wait. It's going to be fun. Yes. So hopefully we'll see a bunch of you there. If not, we will definitely see you for episode number 225 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Have a great week, everybody. Safe, safe travels. We'll see you in Austin. Cheers. Later. <laughs>